Hey there, freedom-loving carnivores. It's Jeff Dornick from Freedom First Network, and I've got a message for you. Are you tired of feeling like your beef choices are under siege? Well, fellow patriots, it's time to fight back with Prepper All Naturals. That's right, folks. In a world where the beef industry is under constant attack, Prepper All Naturals is here to stand tall and proud as a veteran-owned beacon of quality, taste, and freedom. When the guys at Prepper All Natural set out to provide you with the finest beef products, they knew they had a duty to defend America's beef legacy, and that's why we're proud to partner with them, bringing you the best of what this great land has to offer. Whether it's their succulent freeze-dried beef cubes or their premium freezer boxes packed with steaks and roasts, we're redefining what it means to enjoy beef today and tomorrow. And let me tell you folks, their freeze-dried beef isn't just delicious, it's built to last. With proper stores, their beef cubes can maintain their quality and freshness for up to a decade, ensuring you'll never have to compromise on taste or nutrition. But wait, there's more. They're not just in the business of selling beef. They're in the business of defending freedom. That's why they promise to never sell you anything less than 100% all-American natural beef. No lab-grown imposters, no experimental jabs, and certainly no compromises with the woke agenda. So, fellow beef enthusiasts, join us in our mission to protect America's beef legacy. Visit freedomfirstbeef.com and use code FFM for 15% off your order. Because when you choose Prepper All Naturals, you're not just eating well today, you're eating well tomorrow. And together... We'll ensure that beef remains a symbol of freedom for generations to come. Prep for all naturals, where beef meets freedom. I keep America, you keep America. We'll keep America great. I keep America, you keep America. We'll keep America great. I keep America, you keep America. We'll keep Welcome to the Bob and Eric Save America Show. My name is Bob Dunlap. And my name is Eric Matheny. Thank you all for tuning in last week and thank you for tuning in today. Please share the show far and wide across all platforms and please hit Patreon, patreon.com slash Bob and Eric. Also subscribe on iTunes and Google Podcasts. And as we sit here on this beautiful Saturday, uh, we're probably about a week away from FDA approval of a juvenile vaccine ages 5 to 11 the, I believe it's the Pfizer vaccine is the one that they're going to uh, approve. Uh, why, why are we in this position where we're vaccinating our children with something that we have no idea the long-term effects? See, that's the thing. Uh, right. Let's draw a distinction between being anti-vaccine and being hesitant about this vaccine that they've rolled out within the last 12 months. The vaccines that we get for our kids when they go to school, uh, you know, rubella, mumps, measles, polio, those have been out for decades. We, right. We've seen the studies. We know the long-term effects. We don't know the effects of these, and they are absolutely stifling the information coming out on the adverse effects of the vaccine. I personally know people, I know a lot of people do, who have had the shot and then experienced some sort of seizure, yep. heart trouble, AFib, arrhythmia, uh, and now they want to put this in your kids for an illness that children have nearly a 100% recovery rate. Right. Well, I think uh, the whole depopulation program is going really well. Even with the children, you think, you yeah. think it goes there? Well, no, I personally think it's good. they're going to be sterile after taking it, so they can't have kids. I think that's part of it as well. You know, the depopulation agenda, they, you know, they want to put that tinfoil hat on you the minute you start talking about it, but you really have to look at the history and, and see where this is all coming from. First right. and foremost, uh, just to segue briefly, but it's tied in together, Fauci did lie to Congress. The NIH did fund the Wuhan lab. 
are any consequences going to come upon this? I, I doubt it. I sincerely doubt he's going to face any. I know Rand Paul is saying, you know, we got to refer this guy to the DOJ, but you think Merrick Garland is going to prosecute, going to refer this guy for prosecution? He lied to Congress. He, when he, when he was the head of the, the National Association of Infectious Disease and Allergies, he sent the money, he approved the money to go to Wuhan Institute of Virology to study gain-of-function research. And he lied to Congress about it. They had the gain of function at Chapel Hill is where they're doing the uh, testing on it. So they sent what they did because they made it illegal. They sent what they did over to Wuhan and then they funded it. It's, it's all a scam and he's not going to get in trouble. And neither is Alec Baldwin, murderer. Well, well, we'll get to that. Absolutely. But first and foremost, so the NIH is funding this virus that's now been spread out. It's, it's almost, almost two years. God. January, February will be two years since this thing really hit. Uh, you know, we're still seeing you know, states locked down. We're still seeing people where I see people in Florida. I mean, our numbers are so low. I mean, it's practically non-existent here, but I see people wearing masks outside, people really subscribing to that fear. I think, and I've said it since the beginning, I think COVID did something for people who had this void in their lives. I think it gave right. people purpose. Yeah. It yeah. gave them, it gave them purpose. It gave them a way to, to rub their virtue in your face and show what a great person they are and go on social media and go, I got my vaccine and look at me wearing my mask and look what a great person I am. I think it further divides people. Now we're divided among unvaccinated and vaccinated. Right. Uh, the, the adverse effects of the vaccine, we need to be talking about that. And that should be across all mainstream platforms. And that's not a political issue. If there's a vaccine that's been released and you have a staggering number of people who are now suffering from these irreversible heart defects, healthy 30-year-olds who now have AFib and arrhythmia and 40-year-olds who have to get pacemakers as a result of this vaccine, and who has no liability? The vaccine manufacturer has no liability. You're, you're the one who has all the liability by taking it. You incur it. Oh, it's, it's disgusting what we're going through, really. And they, worldwide, too. World, well, worldwide. I mean, Australia Australia's never coming back. I mean, their ministers or whatever they call the people that are the ministers of health have gotten on TV and said, like, this is how we're going to live. Like, yeah. we're, we're never taking these masks off. And they have, they have no recourse. I say we open our borders to the Australians, let them immigrate here. Yeah. Exactly. Are, they not, are they not refugees? Yes, they are. And, you know, uh, once you get two shots, you got to get the booster, too. And then the booster... The booster. I, I never knew how the pharmacies ruled the world. Folks, listen up. I've got something crucial to share with you today. In this uncertain world, you need to be prepared for anything, especially when it comes to your health. That's where the wellness company comes in, offering you peace of mind in a box with their medical emergency kit. Picture this. You're faced with a medical emergency and you need quick, effective treatment. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit is like having a strategic arsenal of life-saving medications right at your fingertips. From proven treatments like ivermectin to generic Z-Packs and amoxicillin, this kit has got you covered. But that's not all. Every kit comes with a medical emergency guidebook, ensuring you have the knowledge to use these medications safely and effectively. It's like having a medical professional right there with you when you need it most. And here's the kicker. Use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health/ffn. That's right, folks. 10% off, peace of mind in a box. Don't wait until it's too late. Get your medical emergency kit today and be ready for whatever comes your way. Stay safe, stay prepared with a wellness company. Again, use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health/ffn. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, now you know. Now you know because now they have something that you're going to have to perpetually take. It's not just going to be one or two boosters. It's going to be, you know, every quarter you're going to have to get a booster. And, be, you know, meanwhile, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna are making money. And who else is making money? Those sitting in Congress that own those stocks. Yeah. Look, at, look at Nancy Pelosi's stock tips uh, or her stocks over the years. She yeah. always seems to be ahead of the ball. She's a regular Warren Buffett. How does she have that information? There's guys on Wall Street that actually trade after uh, her husband makes a trade. They, they follow him. Yeah, look, how do you come into Congress penniless, making you know, $174,000 a year is a fine living, but you're not going to get rich you know, right. unless you have some insider information, kickbacks, bribes, things like that. So while the IRS wants to look at our bank accounts, if you have an aggregate $600 of inflow in your account, they want to see what you're spending your money on. But we have these people make $175,000 a year, stay in their jobs 20, 30 years worth $100 million. You can tell me it's a book deal, it's speaking engagements bullshit it's insider trading because you know people in the companies they're telling you the tips and in exchange you're voting for legislation that's favorable to them it's the biggest swamp in the world and uh i'd like to see consequences but i don't think we will i don't think we will i think we're just going to be exposed to it and what's going to happen where's durham i mean i know george papadopoulos has faith in durham but where, where the hell is durham I tell you, 60 Minutes did a segment about 10 years ago on Nancy Pelosi and her IPOs. That's where a lot of their money comes from. Yeah, of course, IPOs, because they have, they have connections in big business. Yep. And, and they tell them, hey, we're doing this thing. You, you may want to buy some stock or you may want to sell your stock now. Right. They do that. That's, how, that's a really uh, wide how they make their money that way. Well, how- they, they knew the pandemic was coming. So I think a bunch of them bought Amazon stock right before it hit. Remember that? Yeah, I wonder if any of them bought Zoom I'm sure we were using that before the pandemic. Remember we were using, cause we started our show in September, 2019. We were using it and no one had any idea what it was. We call our guests and say, well, so you zoom like what the hell is zoom? And now I mean the courts use it, the schools use it. They've got the monopoly on video conferencing. I wonder what their stock is trading at right now. A lot. If you would have bought it before the pandemic, you'd be, uh, you'd be streaming from your G5. Well, what about if you bought that uh, Trump stock a couple days ago? Oh my God. It went up with like 300% overnight. Yeah, but it's it's up. You can still buy it now because where do you see when it comes? Everybody's leaving all social networks, media, people like us. We're all going to it. Well, we're going to go to it too. And actually, our, our guest uh, coming up, we, we pre-recorded the interview yesterday. Jason Miller, CEO of Getter, is coming on in just a minute. And he's talking about that too. I mean, he's going to be a marketplace competitor with Trump now. And we actually thought that was a great thing because you got these you know two guys that know what they're doing. Who, who better to compete with than Donald Trump? Not only does it, you know, put you uh, in the in the news because now you're one of his main competitors. But you guys are going to you know, keep each other in check and make sure you guys are delivering the best product. So yeah, right. Donald Trump's rolling out Truth Social. I'll be there. You'll be there. We'll, we'll put our show there. And we'll see how that goes. We're real excited about that. We talked about that with Jason Miller. and Our good friend Matt Couch came on to help me interview him. Uh, before we get to that interview, Alec Baldwin, uh, your thoughts? He's such a piece of crap. My God. You see that tweet he put out like four years ago? I wonder what it's like to accidentally kill somebody. Yeah, he's not going to get in trouble. Who loaded the damn thing, too? Who points a gun at somebody else? Pulls the trigger. Even well, a okay. fake gun. 
here's the thing. Now, now look, uh, politics aside, I know, I know people are quick to pile on him because he's vehemently anti-Trump. Uh, and you know the left. Look, if this had been a right-wing celebrity, you guys would be calling for him to be hung in the streets and the media would be pushing. You have a, a, if you go out there and you, and you say, oh, Alec Baldwin should go to prison, you know, there's like an army of trolls or you know, paid influencers out there who are trying to spin the narrative and go like, oh, don't blame him. We feel sorry for him. He's got to live with this guilt and how terrible. Look, whatever happened, um, we don't know all the facts yet. As far as liability goes, so the way I understand it, so they're on the set of a movie that he's producing Oh, in an old Western, which John Cardillo raised an interesting point. If it's a Western, they'd be using single action revolvers, which means you physically have to cock the hammer in order to get a shot. So if he cocked the hammer shot, cocked the hammer shot, because remember, he, he fired two shots, two people. One, one tragically died, a cinematographer. The other, um, I think it was an associate producer, somebody got shot and injured. So how do you misfire twice? The thing they're finding out now is that there may have been live rounds in the gun, which that falls. Okay, there's uh, someone on the set of a film when they were using weapons called the armorer who makes sure all the weapons are, are clear and everything is safe and understands how to use weapons. Mind you, these actors also go through real weapons training. If you want to see something pretty cool, there's a YouTube clip of uh, Keanu Reeves. I think he was training for John Wick and he's actually out at a range doing simulations he's got like an ar and he's walking through the, the range he shoot targets and he's really good so some of these guys that are really dedicated to their craft get out there and really learn how to use a weapon i don't know the extent to alec baldwin's firearm knowledge i'm gonna guess it's not great because even if someone hands you a gun you the shooter have the ultimate obligation to make sure you're not firing a live round now when they're shooting on a movie set they're, they're shooting blanks which effectively is a cartridge without a projectile you think he should have popped that cylinder out and just make sure, okay, everything's clear. Now yeah. action is that he got the gun and they told him it was a cold gun, meaning it wasn't loaded, fires it twice. Is he going to be criminally liable? I'm going to say probably not if he reasonably believed that the gun was not capable of firing a projectile. I will tell you from personal experience as a criminal defense attorney, I have gotten manslaughter cases dismissed where there was evidence that the defendant did not know or had reason to believe that the gun was not capable. I had a, a case uh, similar Andrew. to that. Yeah, a case similar to that. Um, and that's how we got it dismissed. So look, he's probably not going to be charged criminally, but civilly, oh, you bet your ass. He's a producer on the film. He's going to be professionally and personally liable. He's going to end up, he's going to end up, you know, writing a huge, huge check for this. Don't they have as, insurance? As they, should. they have insurance, but the insurance is only going to go so far. It's going to go above and beyond the insurance limits. Oh, well, I feel so sad for him. <laughs> uh, or it may or may well I, I look if you're filming a movie with weapons i'm sure it's in the policy that wrongful death and, and accidental discharge is contemplated under the policy but if there's any recklessness if he acted recklessly that could push the you know beyond the policy limits they're like well you're you're uh, this super uh you know vening act basically you did something that your conduct makes you somewhat liable. So we're only going to cover you to this extent. I mean, the insurance company is obviously going to try to get out of it, but I'm sure they're trying to negotiate a settlement with the family right now. And I hate having to put a dollar amount on somebody's life, but that's civil litigation for you. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I mean, I don't wish any harm upon him. I don't like him uh, as a human being. Will I not watch his movies? I like The Departed. I like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I think he's a fine actor. I don't like when he runs his mouth and says that we conservatives are dangerous, but Bob, He's killed one more person than you and I ever have. What about the armorer? Who's going to be like, dude, who loaded this damn thing? They're going to investigate and find that out. Could there be criminal liability, negligence, negligent homicide on part of someone on the set? Yeah. Sure, sure could be. 
But yeah, it harkens back to the uh, Brandon Lee, uh, you know, back in 94 right. when he was filming The Crow, and that happened too. It happens on these films. And somebody, I want to give credit where credit is due, somebody said, like, why are we firing blanks with CGI now? Just fire a, fire a CO2 cartridge, fire an air pistol, and we'll, we'll CGI the flash and we'll CGI the sound later. Like, you don't right. need to even have a blank anymore because there's still a risk. But again, um, you know, everybody's an expert on firearms now. So <laughs> moving forward, guys, uh, brought my good friend on Matt Couch uh, yesterday to do this wonderful interview with Jason Miller. So we're going to cut to that right now. Uh, Matt Couch and I interviewing Jason Miller, the CEO of Getter. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm honored to be here with one of my great friends, frequent co-host, frequent collaborator, just all around great humanitarian, Matt Couch. Welcome back for like the 15,000th time to Bob and Eric Save America. How are you? I'm, I'm wonderful, Eric. Thanks for having me. Uh, honored to be here. And uh, it's Friday, so it's a TGIF moment, right? It is. It is definitely a TGIF moment. Now, this will record and we'll stream it out on Saturday, so we'll be a day behind. So who knows where we're going to be tomorrow, but right now there's no shortage of atrocities going on. So in about 15 minutes or so, we're going to bring on Jason Miller to discuss Getter, Trump's new platform that's amazing. Donald Trump is finally making his comeback and coming back to social media. It just hasn't been the same without him. What are your thoughts on that? So, so President Trump has announced that he's finally going to have his own platform. I know there's been a lot of debate, a lot of speculation where he's going to go. And just like, you know, in true Trump fashion, he is creating his own truth. What do you think about that? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I think it's a big deal for, for a lot of reasons. I, I, have, I have concerns. And then I also have excitement, right? So I have both with, with this platform. Uh, Truth Social is what it's going to be called. It's the Trump Media Technology Group. Uh, and obviously, we know the stock thing. We were, you know, was discussing that, you know, uh, all week, you know, about DWAC, which is the basically the, the company they did a diversive merger with, uh, which is basically, you know, they literally put $300 million in cash behind this, uh, this movement. And, you know, when you, you know, a lot of people will put liquidity or they'll do some sort of assets, you know, behind a company. But when you put 300 million in cash behind something, you're serious about, about building something fast. 
And so that's pretty exciting to see. But I have two concerns. One is I'm always, obviously going to assume they have a contingency plan because I don't see, this is just me, I don't see Apple and Google allowing this thing to stay in the app store. I just don't. Uh, we've, I mean, my God, they, they banned him on everything, right? Mm-hmm. So why in the world would they allow him to get back to being President Trump, to putting out statements and tweets and communicating like he's, that's what he wants to, that's what he wants the platform for. So right now it's available in the Apple store, Eric. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. That's, that's, that's part one. Part two, there won't be any shadow banning, like on Twitter, like on Facebook, like on Instagram. So for guys like you and I, who have somehow amassed, uh, been blessed to amass great followings with all we have to fight against, I can't imagine what you and I are going to look like on a massive platform with the handcuffs off. So there's where my excitement comes in. What's an Eric Matheny, you know, what's a Bob and Eric Save America going to look like or a Matt Couch on this platform? I'm excited to see the type of growth we're going to have. But then I'm also concerned, and I'll give you, back, give you your time back, are they going to be able to stay in these app stores or is it going to turn into another type of situation with a gab or a parlor where they're, you know, you've got to get in your browser to get on them? And I'll yield back and let you let you answer those. Well, look, I, I was on parlor for a while and I kind of fell off parlor. I mean, I don't pull any punches. I wasn't really impressed with it. I didn't think it was a viable alternative. I use gab. I'm not very active on there. I don't like the fact that you have to go through a web browser, that they don't have the app. It doesn't have the convenience of the app. And unfortunately, I mean, you want to talk about monopolistic practices, you have the app store, which is pretty much the hub. If you're not in the app store, uh, you, you're, you're floating out in the stratosphere. So it's going to be interesting because Apple and uh, I guess it's the Google store, if you have a Samsung device or any kind of Android device. Or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. So they have their equivalent of that, but they're going to set certain standards in order to be there. And you know, with, with Trump, uh, they're going to be rigid. So are we going to have a viable alternative creating a true free speech platform, or is it going to be controlled by Apple and big tech? We're going to say, no, this is what you can say and what you can't say. And here's the issue I want to discuss with Jason when he comes on in a few minutes is really social media censorship is becoming a free speech issue because we know now that the big tech companies and the White House are communicating with each other. The White House is communicating with Facebook, communicating with Twitter. I think we're going to find more and more as this whole January 6th false flag unfolds that there was communication between the White House or at least people in the Biden transition or or anybody in a position of governmental authority to impose their influence onto big tech, which now makes big tech an arm of the government. When big tech censors you, it may suck, but realistically, it's not a free speech issue. When they're working hand in hand with our government, it does become a free speech issue. So I think that's what we're trying to get around. Now, Miller's coming on in a few minutes, and I got to ask him, is he ready to be a Trump competitor? Or are they going to work together? How's that going to work? Because obviously, Jason Miller's got Getter, and Trump's got an alternative platform. I don't know if they plan to be competitors or how that works. Right, right. It's going to be interesting to see how it works and to see what you know, his answer is, I know Gitter is launching, you know, he put out a statement, I think it was two days ago when Trump announced this, this, you know, new merger. And they're launching G Live, which is a, you know, that you'll be able to go live on Gitter. Mm. Uh, they're also on, uh, launching a payment solution service, which is big, because if you look at a conservative like myself, uh, you look at a Craig Sawyer, you look at a Laura Loomer, you look at all these different people, you know, banned by Venmo, banned by PayPal, not because we've done anything wrong, 
but because they have chosen not to do business with us based on our beliefs or what we do, uh, which is criminal. You know, if I were to, if you and I were to own a business, Eric, and we were to, you know, and we were to publicly say, you know, I don't want X, Y, and Z here because they're not my type of people. They would sue the hell out of us. And you and I both know it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one sues PayPal. No one sues Venmo because they're a massive multi-billion dollar corporation with big attorneys. Uh, and then, so isn't it funny how when, when liberals discriminate, it's, well, they have a right to do that because they're a company, right? When conservatives say that, they don't have that right and everyone goes after them. And that's a real problem here. So I think that, I think the payment platform might be the biggest thing that Gitter is launching. So he, I know he's got multiple things and he'll probably talk about that here in a minute, but you know, Jason will, but he's got multiple things they're launching next month that are really big, like being able to go live, the, being able to process payments. It's pretty exciting. Well, he's got to make money. I mean, look, at the end of the day, this is a business he's running and we've all figured out, uh, it took a while, but we've all figured out how Facebook and Twitter make their money. We're the product. We're the product that they sell Facebook, especially. I mean, they're basically, you're giving, think about, I'm not on Facebook, but just think about what people are inclined to share with the world. Now, uh, our branding, so to speak, on our respective platforms, uh, yeah, we certainly do get personal. And I think you could you can parse out a lot of a person uh, from social media and kind of determine who they are. But I try not to get overly personal. Facebook, I think, is right. really for that. I mean, people go out on Facebook and really pour their hearts out, not to say they don't do it on Twitter or Instagram or other platforms, but there's something about having an outlet. That on one hand, it could be incredibly cathartic. On the other hand, it's incredibly narcissistic where you just put yourself out there uh, and not realizing that you're giving this company the fuel that they need to sell you to advertisers. It's no coincidence that you go on Facebook and go, hey, I'm, I got a trip to Hawaii coming up next week. And then on your web browser, or wherever you go, you start getting emails and ads for airlines, hotels, things like that. They are watching what you do. These algorithms are, are really creating the greatest marketing strategy in history. So uh, Facebook, by the way, Facebook is completely rebranding. They're changing their name. What, what is that about? Is it, is it going to be any less of what it is now? You know, I, I don't know what they claim this has been coming for quite some time, right? That Zuckerberg's wanted to change the name, you know, for, for quite a while. Now, I don't really know what's behind it. Did they, you know, um, I had someone tell me that they thought it was just coincidental, you know, because, you know, $1.7 billion valuation that Trump's new platform is already worth, supposedly, um, is really, you know, it, it's, it's not a lot of money compared to Facebook, even though. To the, you know, to you and me, two billion. We're like, well, wow, two billion dollars. <laughs> you look at what Facebook is worth and what Zuckerberg is worth. It's not really even scratching the surface, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think that they're necessarily that Facebook is intimidated by Trump's platform. I don't buy that's the reason for the name change. But I, I think it's they're, they're having issues. You know, maybe Facebook. I'm sure these guys. These guys are smart. I am sure they have. Uh, I'm sure they have ran. Uh, you know, polling, they probably have inside, you know, analytics. My point is maybe there's some sort of analytics to where Facebook is a dirty word, right? Like they're, they're seeing a lot of negativity from the censorship issues, from the fact checkers, people's opinions of Facebook. So if they change the name, there's got to be something behind it, right? These are smart guys. You know, Facebook's one of the most powerful companies in the world and one of the biggest. I, I think there's more to it. Maybe there's, they run algorithms all the time. Maybe they know by changing the name, it helps their perception and their growth pattern to make it to where they call it, you know, the unity group or whatever they decide to call it. 
And then Facebook, Instagram, WeChat, all their companies fall under that banner. I think there's there's a reasoning behind it. it obviously, I mean, you know, Eric, it's always about the money. I'll put it to you that way. It's always about the money with these people. Well, it's always about the money, of course. I think there's certain um, brand uh, trust that people are losing. I think we're starting to realize. And granted, that whistleblower that we heard, we haven't heard anything about that whistleblower in about three weeks, just goes to show. And, and, and we said it, man, when it's a whistleblower, it is not a whistleblower if they appear before Congress in 24 hours and Twitter verifies them. They're not a whistleblower at that point. True whistleblowers, if you were to post what that whistleblower put out, you'd lose your account. They get censored. Remember uh, Tony Bobulinski? You don't hear a word about guys like that. Those are the whistleblowers. It's not the people that come forward and go, this is harmful and it's radicalizing conservatives. I mean, look, this is all, everything that we're doing here, and we're going to talk about it with Jason, and everything happening in the realm of social media, this is all spinoff from January 6th. January 6th was the modern-day Reichstag fire. If you don't know what that is, take 30 seconds and look it up. Very important event. It was, what we're seeing now happened in 1933 in Germany. There was an incident that the party in charge, the, the National Socialist Party, the Nazi Party, could use to blame opposition and then frame their narrative around it. So as we're learning more and more about January 6th, it looks like a setup from the inside out. We're seeing video that we weren't allowed to see previously, and we know why they didn't want to show it. We're seeing police officers opening the door and standing aside, letting people walk in. And you and I and Tens and tens of millions of conservatives know, I think even beyond conservatives, people know that the overwhelming majority of people who went into that building went in there, walked around the rotunda, took some pictures and left. A very small minority were there breaking things and doing anything wrong and really tantamount to property damage. Obviously, if you assaulted police or committed crimes, whatever happens, happens. But if you walk in, if you're standing there and you see a police officer in a uniform, Capitol Police, open the door and stand aside and, and then the flow of traffic goes in there, you're not a trespasser, you're an invitee. We're also seeing these videos of people riling up the crowd going, tomorrow we got to go in there, we got to storm the Capitol. And I think you had uh, FBI, I think you had cooperating informants, you had infiltrators. There was, there was a goal in place, and that was to create optics and narrative that they could just use ad nauseum to frame anybody who doesn't toe the ideological line as a domestic terrorist. They did it with social media. After January 6th, thousands and thousands of accounts were wiped out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, namely the sitting president of the United States. And not to mention the fact that now parents who go to school board meetings, the, the attorney general wants to designate domestic terror. It all goes back to January 6th. So I think what we're seeing now on social media is just that pushback. My concern, and I have multiple concerns, is is truth going to be a viable alternative or is it just going to be a conservative echo chamber man that, that's that's another great point i mean I, I think it's a combination here's my take on this i don't know that conservatives have honestly ever gotten a fair shake with big tech okay and, and what i mean by that is is it may be a conservative echo chamber but it's not we're not really echoing because i don't feel like we're reaching hardly anybody that follows us Mm. No, it's, it, you know, and I felt the same way with President Trump when he was on Twitter. The guy has 85 million followers, and if he gets 200,000 likes, it's a big deal. You know, I've got over half a million followers, and if I get 10,000 likes anymore, it's a big deal. It's, it doesn't, you know, and my followers are real. You can run the analysis on it. They're not fakes. They're not bots. You can run the reports on it, 99.9% like real followers. 
we are censored to a level that most people don't understand as conservatives, especially conservative influencers, politicians, political analysts, et cetera. I believe that even though it may be an echo chamber to a degree, you know, Eric, you're actually going to reach the people that follow you now, mm. not just 1% of them, you know, and that I think in turn may explode a lot of people. And I think that could be very, very good. Now, it still may be an echo chamber. You may not get any pushback. But here's the one thing. What do the liberals hate more than anything in the world? Besides uh, Jesus. Uh, truth, uh, traditional family, values, America. I mean, the list is too long to name. But the number one thing they hate besides Jesus is Donald Trump. Ah, uh, yes, of course. And so I believe they will flock there in droves to, to attack, slander, libel, uh, and pounce on, on Trump. Um, because, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. I said this uh, on another show yesterday that I was on as a guest. It's amazing to me that, you know, you know you've seen them. You're like, well, if you don't like Twitter, you know, they have a right. They're a private company. Get off. If you don't like Facebook, private company. Get off. They tell you that's all they say, right? That's the liberal argument. Mm-hmm. But then conservatives create, like Jason Miller creates, get her. You've got Gab. You've got Telegram. You've got CloudHub with Jeff Bray. And you know where I'm going. All these different things are created. And what do the liberals say, Eric? You're not allowed to do that. No, we don't like that. We want those taken down too. They want a complete totalitarian effort here to silence conservatives. And so I think they will make a vested effort to join that site to attack and, and bring it down. That's, that's my opinion that I think you're going to, I think we're going to be shocked how many of them join just to attack conservatives. I think you're right to that degree. The fact remains is that if Donald Trump is out there on social media, there's so many people whose lives were fulfilled just by the existence of Trump. And I think they're just empty right now and they have nowhere to to displace that anger. So I think they're going to go there just to go and see what he says. And, you know, where where Trump goes, the media is going to follow. And, and you know, CNN and MSNBC got to be delighted that he's coming back to social media because it gives them something to talk about. Their ratings are in the toilet. Um, But again, just just to, to say something else, uh, an echo chamber, I mean, look, we, we don't want to be in an echo chamber, but again, it may kind of alleviate the toxicity of social media. I mean, look, people, social media, I guess we really want to understand the psychology of it. It's basically just like the id, just that component of your brain that says, you know, I, I have no impulse control. I want to eat it. I want to kill it or I want to fornicate with it. And when you're on social media, if you and I are sitting down having a cup of coffee together, we can talk, we can vehemently, passionately disagree but I'm probably not going to say anything that I would say to you if I were anonymously sitting on my phone and someone says something I disagree with. I don't participate, but believe me, you and I are on the receiving end of it all the time. Like to hell with you. Hope you die. You know, screw your family. We, we, we get that. Like, like it's, it's like, you know, water off our back, but you know, I guess for, for some people, I mean, that's where like you talk about social media bullying and just the toxic environment. That's where it comes from is the fact that we just have, it's like, it's the online equivalent of road rage. It's just an irrational impulse. And because that person's not in front of you, you don't have the, the natural consequences because the natural, I've talked with this about, a, uh, I can't remember who I had this great conversation with, with somebody who was on the show recently. And we said that really what prevents us from doing that in person is that I think naturally we have this desire to be harmonious and just to do anything that's going to avoid uh, fear of any violent reprisal or confrontation. You go up to someone and you say what you may say on Twitter, you may end up hurting yourself physically. So uh, the fact that consequences exist in real life but don't exist online 
creates that toxic environment. So maybe having a, somewhat of an echo chamber is a good thing. But the bottom line is that the trolls are going to go, the liberals are going to go where Trump is. We just got to give this guy uh, one of the most influential, the most powerful political voice in American history, whether you like him or not. You got to give him a voice where he's going to reach the people. Now, this sets up the next big thing is how do you think Twitter's going to be like, we'll invite you back when they see how many people are flocking to him and maybe it's taking away attention from Twitter and some of the big guys, or you think Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are always going to be safe and secure. They're like, like the Home Depot and Coca-Cola. They're just brands that will always be here. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think there are brands that will probably always be there. I think Twitter probably even more so than Facebook. Uh, Twitter has some uniqueness about it that Facebook doesn't really have, right? There's, when you look at Facebook, there's CloudHub, uh, there's Telegram, there's Minds, there's, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of sites that kind of mimic that, right? Parlor, um, to, a, to a degree, a lot of people try to replicate that. But I, I think, you know, I think they're going to be there. I just think that they're going to see their, uh, their users diluted a little bit now. You're going to see them go to Gitter. You're going to see them go to Truth Social. You're going to see them even some of the smaller sites, they're not going to get the numbers like, like, you know, Jason's site or Trump's, but I think you're going to see, you know, if if they're gaining millions, the other sites may gain 50,000, but it's still going to start diluting people across the board a little bit and maybe take a little bit of that power away. The real key is, is, is if, if the advertisers that are conservative based would get behind a getter, get behind a true social and start putting that power behind them and amplifying that instead of, you know, Conservative companies have got to get on board here and start backing these big platforms that conservatives are running for social media. I agree. And uh, Mr. Miller is joining us now. So we'll, we'll go ahead and bring him in. Guys, we are so honored to have Jason Miller here. Jason Miller, communications strategist, political advisor, and CEO, best known as chief spokesman for the Donald Trump 2016 presidential campaign and transition team for Donald Trump. And now a big tech CEO of Getter, a great platform, one that Matt and I are honored to be verified on, and we use it all the time. Jason Miller, welcome to Bob and Eric Save America. How are you? Oh, it's great to be with you. It's wonderful to have you here, and and we're just thinking, we were talking before you came in just about the state of social media. Uh, where how, Obviously, you have a background in communications. Everybody knows your work with the Trump team, but now you are the CEO of a social media company, and you have this platform, Getter. How did that come to be, and, and what was the impetus for creating that? 
Well, great question. I have a long background of effectively running startups, usually there in the form of a campaign where there's also an expiration date. So having a startup and a, uh, a term limit to your startup are kind of a unique environment. Uh, but this is uh, really kind of a, a first in a lifetime opportunity and something that I think uh, ultimately came together is kind of when the um, preparation meets opportunity. You know, what we saw last year was the worst year for censorship in American history. Uh, started off with the big tech platformings, putting people in the digital timeout for daring to say outlandish things such as the virus came from a lab in Wuhan. Obviously, it went to another level with suppressing the Hunter Biden story. And then, of course, they kicked President Trump off of all of his social media platforms in January of this year. And I realized after that that we had to do something different. We had to start something new. Uh, over the course of the spring, I was part of either pitches or sat through a number of people coming to President Trump and saying, we have the next ticket. We have the big idea. We have a free speech platform. And as soon as I saw Getter and the folks putting it together, I said, this is where I need to be. So how did the idea of Getter Company, was that your idea or, or you were brought on board for it? So I was brought on board, initially started with uh, actually a USC graduate. And so when they actually got their, uh, their master's from USC out in California as well, and they started developing uh, the platform last year, uh, really got kicked into high gear after the Hunter Biden uh, drama, which again, to remind people, big tech and big media colluded to shut down any talk of the Hunter Biden laptop story, which of course lent uh, much more detail into the, uh, the years of alleged grift and corruption from the Biden family, not even just Hunter, but Frank and James, uh, Joe's brothers as well. And if that story had run, if it had gotten pickup, one out of every six Biden voters says they would have reconsidered their vote if they knew about that. Can you imagine if that had been Don Jr.? I always say Hunter Biden is who the media wanted Don Jr. to be. Can you imagine if that were Don Jr.? I mean, there's there's no end in sight. They would have there would have been criminal investigations. We we know what would have happened. But I remember right before the election, the information about Hunter Biden coming out, and and you post that famous picture of him laying in bed with the meth pipe hanging out of his mouth. You'd lose your account. They'd lock it. So you got to take that down. Which makes me wonder. Matt and I were discussing this earlier. How much collaboration was there between the Biden campaign and big tech and those actually already in government? Because that makes censorship on social media a free speech issue. So that's a great question with regard to, uh, regard to the Biden folks. I'm sure that they were actively working to talk all of their angles to say, hey, um, please don't go and allow people to talk about this. We have to stop it. We have to deny it. Remember, you had everyone from uh, Schiff, uh, Shifty Adam Schiff, uh, to all the other folks saying this was Russian disinformation. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, it wasn't, it was the real deal. Now I wanna make sure we kind of drill down here on this for a moment because yes, there are the embarrassing pictures of Hunter with a meth pipe and uh, the poor pooch uh, that was uh, forced to be in that, that home video with Hunter and two of his friends. Uh, you, you can't unsee that the dog sitting at the end of the bed watching uh, what was transpiring. But it wasn't so much about that as it was about the, the dealings with China the dealings with Ukraine, the dealings with all these other foreign entities, the 10% for the big guy, uh, the fact that Hunter was paying for, uh, paying for someone's college uh, and essentially that Joe was supposed to be paying for it. Uh, these are all things where if you wanna know the level of uh, wheeler dealer, insider, back scratching, uh, or just blatant payoffs that happen, that hard drive really gives you the whole roadmap and it takes you right back to Bill and Hillary and Clinton Inc. 
That's why alternative platforms are so important because uh, as censorship becomes more and more the norm, and I think um, obviously, and, and there's been a lot of speculation, even to the point of proof of Facebook and Twitter and some of these bigger companies working hand in hand with the administration to decide what stories are going to be stifled, what stories are going to be boosted. And again, that does create a legitimate constitutional free speech issue. Uh, we have Getter, we have these platforms. Now, you, you've managed to create a platform that has been successful. Uh, how have you done that? What is the difference between your platform and some of the alternative platforms that have not been as successful? Well, great question. I think there are a couple of things. Uh, you know, when I was working for President Trump, I saw the passion and the energy there, particularly at the moment in the center-right space. Uh, even though free speech has traditionally been a little more of a center-left type cause, but we saw uh, really how so many people were frustrated and upset. One of the things that I saw is that upwards of 25 to 30 percent of all Trump voters left social media altogether after he was deplatformed, and I knew that there was an anger with big tech. Nobody voted for Zuckerberg or Dorsey, just to be on the level here. No one said they get to play judge, jury, and executioner with our free speech rights, but yet that's what they do. And so we want to come up with a platform. They always say that if you want something better well, or want your own platform, uh, just go ahead and start it yourself. So that's kind of what we did. Uh, we made sure we had a value proposition, which is that we'll never censor, shadow ban, or deplatform anyone for speaking their mind politically. Then we made sure the technology was really, really good. Longer posts, longer videos, the ability to import your tweet history, so that comes with you. And we put those two things together. The other key dynamic, they hit the road early and often. Been to Brazil, London twice, Paris, Berlin. Uh, and in fact, 53% of our overall user base is international, 47% is US. And I'm looking forward, I'll be back in London next month and then off to, uh, looks like Japan in December. So the roadshow continues. Awesome. Matt, I'm gonna toss it to you. What do you got to yeah, say for yeah, Jason? Absolutely, no. I'm watching Jason. You know, uh, you know, all over the, all over the world. Literally, you used to just say all over the country. Now, you know, I've seen him all over, and I saw some of the, uh, the tweets coming from Japan in the last 24 hours about Gitter, and seeing that 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 is really getting amped up over there. Um, and, and it's and it's a it's a phenomenal platform. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I, you both know I'm a big advocate for it just because of the way it flows. Uh, there's not a lot. There's a lot of people that have tried to put something out there you know, to change the game a little bit, but there's nothing like it that flows. I want to talk to you about some announcements you made with basically the last 48 hours. You know, I think it's big just because I'm one of those guys that I'm blessed to have millions of followers on multiple platforms, but I've been censored to, you know, what and back. And literally, uh, you know, I've been banned from Venmo and PayPal because they chose not to do business with me along with, you know, U.S. Navy SEAL like Craig Sawyer and lots of other folks, uh, even some that are running for office, you know. Um, so when you're, we talk about this new, you know, G Live, which being able to go live is going to be big on Gitter uh, for someone like me who has the platform I have. Then you, you know, you mentioned the payment solutions. That's what I'm most excited about because I know I'm not alone as an influencer. There are lots of conservatives out there who don't want to use PayPal, don't want to give them that that revenue stream, don't want to let them continue to censor them. Uh, you know, Jason, talk about that because I think that might be. There's a lot of great things you're doing, but that one excites me probably more than some folks. Uh, it's going to be big, in my opinion. Yeah, this is going to be huge. And so we're looking at Q2 of next year of launching Getter Pay, which will effectively be a marketplace competitor to Apple Pay, Alipay, WeChat Pay, Google Pay, Samsung Pay. I'm, I'm sure there's probably a crooked Hillary Pay somewhere. Um, there are a million of these, these payment platforms. The key difference, there are a couple of these. One, we're going to be backed up by traditional lending institutions so we can have that ability to do real-time crypto 
transactions. The reason why none of these other platforms have real-time crypto is because there's always a delay. Might not be a um, you know five minute, might be twenty minute, might be a day, but up to a certain threshold, up to a certain limit, we're going to allow real-time crypto transactions. That is going to change the game. And now there are a lot of complexities. Obviously, you have uh, international jurisdictions. Each country has their own rules. We have the everyone from the um, the SEC to the Treasury, all these folks to go and deal with. But this is going to fundamentally change things, especially as we think through, excuse me, the, the DeFi and the peer-to-peer -peer lending aspect of what we're going to be able to do. Here's the thing. Even if you're not involved with anything Bitcoin, if you're not involved with anything crypto or Ethereum or any of kind of this, the digital commerce type stuff, we're going to make it easy for you. We're going to bring it right to you because guess what? Apple and uh, Google and all these folks, they're not trying to market to the deplorables in the US or around the world. We are going to make that available. You're going to have the same right and same access, same ability to make money, same ability to save money as anyone else in the world. Absolutely. And Jason, I, we were talking before you came on. Uh, the other day, President Trump announced that he's got his own platform coming out. So what does that mean for Getter? Are you and Trump now competitors? How does that work? So we are marketplace competitors when it comes to the social media field. Uh, but I think the rising tide lifts all ships here. In fact, yesterday, the first full day after President Trump's announcement, we had a 70% spike in signups. And what this is doing is it's pulling a lot of people off the sidelines, a lot of people who had been quiet and saying, I want to get active. I want to get back on social media and start talking. But President Trump's platform is still a few months away. Now, we had been talking, President Trump and I, and obviously we're in regular communication about trying to get him on together and started that in June and even was talking to him as recently as last week. We just ultimately couldn't come to the right deal. Uh, he's the ultimate deal maker and he found something that he thought was a better plan. And I, I, I welcomed him to the battle. I think this takes away more people from Facebook and Twitter, activates and energizes more people who've been on the sidelines. I think the getter will be in position, especially as we continue to roll out new features and, and show the next level of where we're going, even not just even to the G vision, our competitor to Instagram reels and Facebook stories, but then going into uh, online appreciation, online tipping. So content creators such as yourself can make money from the getter platform. But then as we go into getter pay in Q2 of next year, uh, this thing's, this thing's a, a rocket ship. Well, it's going to create a better user experience. I mean, who better to compete with than Donald Trump? I mean, it's going to make Getter better. It's going to make him better. Now, do you think Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are going to have to step up their game when they see what you guys are doing? I think so. I've, uh, I, I track all their comments and activity pretty closely. Uh, I've noticed that, uh, uh, that Twitter's been making a lot of moves to, to try to tease out new features. Um, in fact, one of the things that we caught was that Twitter was buying search terms off of Getter. So when you go to the Apple store, for example, and you type in Getter, G-E-T-T-R, uh, or the Google Play store, G-E-T-T-R, which I encourage you to do, um, the first thing that would pop up would be an ad from Twitter. So when Twitter's buying ads off of Getter's name, that lets you know that they're, they're paying attention. They know that this thing has the, has the potential. Uh, Facebook's a little bit of a different story in the fact that we saw where Zuckerberg was even talking about possibly changing the name or doing something different. Uh, look, I, I, that has nothing to do with performance. That has everything to do with the fact that they're now a company that's known for selling or sharing your data. 
giving different user privileges to different people based on their status or their ideology, the perpetual Facebook jails, uh, which almost everyone in my family, I think could be a, uh, they might be into three strikes, you're out, uh, felon territory for being in Facebook jail. Uh, but then the biggest thing, uh, they're all, obviously their the recent shutdown, uh, which highlighted the fact that all the data goes to the same place and it's all interconnected. But the fact is exposed by the Wall Street Journal and the whistleblower that they were targeting preteen girls with their advertising campaigns, uh, which I think is pretty sick to try to get them hooked on Instagram. Uh, it is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm, I'm just going to, that's that's one of the things too, where I've noticed too, that, you know, you talk about the, you know, the three strikes and you're out. I mean, about every time I turn around, you know, I'm uh, my good friend, Chad Prather, you know, I think we all know yeah. Chad. Well, I'm joking with Chad about which, which one of us is going to get the next 30 day ban on Facebook for one of our pages. And um, it, it's amazing. Verify blue check marks on there. It doesn't matter. They still ban you if they don't like what you say uh, on, on Facebook. When you talk about Gitter, what I like about it is, and also I'm sure True Social will be the same way, it really opens up a different avenue without the shadow bans. You see it on Facebook. We obviously, Instagram, Instagram to me is the most noticeable for shadow banning. They don't have the, uh, the algorithms you can see, but you can just tell, you know, when they do it, you go from two or 3,000 likes per post to 200. You just, it just, it just a complete drop off to nothingness. That to me is what makes these platforms like what you're doing and what President Trump will do. It's a game changer because right now, you know, Jason, maybe you may already know this number. I'm just going to ask it. Do you know the percentage of people that like say, uh, you know, a Rudy Giuliani or just someone like that is reaching on Twitter because there's no way they're reaching their actual audience, right? Well, and I will tell you on that, that, you know, prior to, my taking the helmet getter that uh, I'd never been shadow banned or had any, uh, had any issues, but I've noticed since I've taken on this role, you know, I used to be able to post something on Twitter and it would, uh, I mean, I, I could literally just say hi and it would get a thousand retweets and a couple thousand likes. Uh, now I post something that's actually uh, substantial uh, or informative and it'll be like 30 likes. It, it's very clear that I'm now in the shadow ban uh, territory, which is, you know, great. I'm joining some, uh, some very, uh, high-powered and uh, infamous uh, ideological allies, um, and obviously the algorithm, which they purport uh, or to say that it improves the user experience, is just another excuse to shadow ban people and uh, and hide certain posts. We don't do that. We have a linear timeline. In fact, our notifications are getting a, uh, even a big upgrade over the next couple few days. So by the beginning of next week, that's even going to be tightened up and a little bit more uh, seamless uh, to improve the user experience. So we continue to work hard even on these small things uh, to improve the, the overall platform as we're working toward the big uh, new features. And, and, and last question before we let you go, you know how busy you've been promoting Getter. What is this all going to mean come 2022 and 2024? What do you think the impact of social media, and not saying it's a new technology, it's a constantly evolving technology, but nobody used it like Donald Trump before. We've had it since 2007, 2008. I, Obama was really the first one on it, but no one used it like Trump. Like Biden has access to social media, but he doesn't get any engagement. He sucks online. He's, he's not fun to follow. He doesn't, he doesn't even write his own tweets. But Trump changed the game with that branding. With him coming back on social media and with these alternative platforms, what's this going to mean for the elections going forward, 2022 and 2024? Really good question. I'll tell you why. President Trump used social media to surprise the elites and the media powers in 2016, but they were ready for him in 2020. And not only that, they've now started to flex their muscles, meaning uh, big tech, and say that they're going to increase their anti-misinformation efforts all around the globe. So think of countries like the Philippines, Brazil, France, Hungary, 
even the midterms in the US, all big elections coming up in 2022, that Facebook and the other big tech companies are going to ratchet up even more to try to censor and shadow ban and deplatform uh, people all around the world. So it's not even just a US problem. I told everyone I talk to, I say it's only a matter of when, not if, you find yourself being deplatformed. So now is the time to join Getter. Now is the time. I mean, heck, join President Trump's platform uh, when it comes out. Uh, I know I'll be joining it and creating an account as well. Join, go and make your voice heard. But I can tell you right now, if you go to Getter on the Apple Store, the Google Play Store, getter.com, you're going to have a great user experience. You're going to see a lot of names that you really like and enjoy. Amazing. And Jason, thank you for everything you do. And thank you for putting this platform out for conservatives. And, and just for anybody, a place for free speech doesn't matter what your political ideology is. If you want free and fair and open debate, go together. I'm there. Matt's there. We know tons of our listeners and viewers are. So Jason Miller, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you coming on. Hey, thank you both. Jason Miller, everybody. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so happy with what he's doing. And he's really embraced the role of tech CEO without yeah. being a, a creep like Mark Zuckerberg. I swear to God, every time I see Mark Zuckerberg on TV, um, he looks like he makes outfits out of people's skin. I swear to God, he is, something's not right with him <laughs> mentally. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't like if he's got some, you know, issue going on mentally, but he's just, he's not right. There's something. He's like a cyborg. There. He's like a cyborg. Like he's, he's surfing on a, uh, you know, on a, on, a, uh, on a surfboard with no, you know, that, that doesn't have a boat pulling it, you know, and then he's got, you know, then you see him out jogging with a security detail and he only sweats like in the little center part of his chest like he's Iron Man. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, I had somebody that posted the picture of his sweat where there was no sweat except for a little dot in the middle of his chest on his shirt. And people are like, only aliens sweat like this. You know, like there's just, it's weird, right? He, he yeah, like, hey, he's laughing all the way to the bank. So I don't think he cares what a couple oh. of guys like us are saying about no, him. No, he can care less. He can care less, man. Well, with that, with that being said, uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining me to do this interview with Jason. Uh, honored to have you. Uh, just before we close out and go back to the uh, the main show with my uh, two co-hosts, uh, Alec Baldwin, man, um, tragic, tragic nonetheless. I mean, he so he's filming a movie out in New Mexico as a prop gun uh, issue, reminiscent of the Brandon Lee that we remember from the '90s, where a prop gun discharged and killed somebody. He, he Alec Baldwin, the actor fired a prop gun on the set of a movie that he was filming, killed the uh, art director or the cinematographer, assistant director, art director, a woman who apparently has been in the business a long time, tragic young woman, uh, and injured another crew member. Um, whew, man, that's, uh, that's heavy. Uh, but the, it, It's not a political it, issue, but it's... It obviously wasn't a prop gun. So, well, but... You know, a, a gun, obviously, look, a, a blank is basically a cartridge without a projectile. So I know with Brandon Lee, if I remember correctly, I don't know if it was necessarily a live round or if, you know, when the bullet discharges, you know, there, there is some material coming out. It may be the, the wadding. It may be the little little plastic cover on the cartridge because you got to keep the, the gunpowder right. there. There could be something projecting at a high rate of speed that could strike you and penetrate and kill you. Was but but to kill and injure somebody at the same time off of a prop gun, it makes you, makes you wonder what was used in there. I'm not, I'm not saying it's anything malicious, but it just seems like, uh, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, it, it, it's, they're, they're going to have an investigation, I'm sure. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this, right? But how did he shoot two people? If you shoot one person and you see that you struck them or you realize that it's a live run, why the hell were you firing it twice? See, that's my, my take. And again, this is amateur. I don't know what happened. I don't think he intended to kill anybody. Yeah. But I think he was probably, 
I've read some reports and who knows if they're confirmed or this is all a matter of opinion. Maybe he was joking around. Maybe he was being reckless, foolish. I don't know, but manslaughter is a reckless disregard. It's not an intent standard. You don't intend right. to kill anybody. But at the same time, if you fire a weapon that you reasonably believe was not capable of discharge, I, as a criminal defense attorney, have had manslaughter cases dismissed on that basis. If he didn't think the gun was inoperable, there may not be any criminal liability. I'm not saying I want to see anything bad happen to anybody, whether I like the guy or not. Um, I just think it's, it's just tragic. It's just a noteworthy and unfortunate story. Um, pivoting, though, onto more justice being served, Brian Laundrie is gator food. That's, that's what we're hearing, you know. I mean, you know, hopefully the story comes out that, you know, he was just sitting there, you know, uh, eating some stew out of a can and a 40-foot gator came up from behind and just ate him. That would be a great, uh, great uh, segue to end this, uh, this story. You know, I talked about it with, you know, Colonel Manis this morning a little bit and yesterday. I think the one thing that I wish on that, Eric, is that all the women and children who go missing, which is thousands in the U.S., you know, uh, a month, got the same kind of attention as this case. Um, I really hope that we can start seeing, and, and especially, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot in the African-American community that go missing, that get zero attention. And so there's a lot of females out there that, you know, uh, I, I wish we could see the, the law enforcement divert this kind of attention. We talked about this morning, like, you know, speed traps, you know, do we really need people clocking traffic when we have thousands of missing women and children in this country? Uh, there, there could be a way to divert this thing. It's a whole other topic. I don't want to because you need to get back to the other guys. But, you know, I mean, there's a uh, – it's great that this is over, but, man, I sure hope this opens some eyes and it makes people go, you know what, we really need to put an effort into to, to solving more of these missing cases, right? I agree with you 100%. And the speed trap thing, look, that just comes down to dollars and cents. The municipalities have to make money. So they yeah. want to get the cops out there. Look, court costs, fines, you know, that's a profitable industry. It's how you know, cities and counties and states make money. So they got to be out doing that. Um, when they're looking for a missing person, they're – using resources they're not acquiring them but you're 100 right look our hearts go out to gabby petito and her family and what happened was awful um but at the same time her story you know was it any more noteworthy than the tens of thousands hundreds of thousands i don't know the statistic but lots and lots of people yeah. who go missing um you know and, and that's the thing if you look at it and we're kind of we're going to get some pushback here because we're echoing talking points to the left you know gabby was a cute blonde white girl and does, right. that, does that provoke more of an emotional response from the public than a Hispanic or Native American or Black girl? I think right. it's, worth, it's worth talking about it. You know, politics not with Not everything has to be political. We don't right. all have to toe right. the line and this is how you think if you're conservative because then we're no better than liberals. We can right. speak as rational, intelligent human beings. Um, right. Why was her story noteworthy and others are not? I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, like, yeah. you know, just because, you know, if they say, oh, well, she, you know, look where she lived. That's why she's missing. It doesn't matter what your uh, income equality is. It doesn't matter. If you go missing, you deserve to have people look for you, man. I mean, and we've got to change that as a society. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even realize this. I guess she was some sort of an influencer, I was told, on YouTube. I didn't even know that. She was, uh, trying, she was trying to be. She wasn't anything yet. She was trying to be. She okay, was so, it was, so it was a startup then. Okay, okay. That makes more sense. But, yeah, you're, you're spot on, man. I mean, why is it, you know, look, at Native Americans have a huge problem with, I mean, even if you've watched the show Yellowstone, which is one of my favorite shows on TV, great show. Uh, they they talk that there's a big angle about that in this in the in the three seasons so far about Native American women being trafficked by serial type people. Um, it, you got to look into this, folks. I mean, it's it's time for 
everyone to get a fair shake. And, you know, if it was your child, ask yourself this, if it was your child, your wife, would you want somebody looking for them? If the answer is obviously yes, then why doesn't everyone get that same uh, ability, Eric? Well, he, here's the thing, and, and I speak to you as a former prosecutor, criminal defense attorney. I've been involved with domestic violence cases for the last 14, 15 years. And I can tell you this, um, and without any victim blaming, because it's never the victim's fault, but you know, there's a cycle of violence and there's a progression in the relationship. And it doesn't necessarily start out where he's going to hit you. It may start out where he's asking, where are you going tonight? Why, why can't you stay home with me? Who are you hanging out with? Why are you hanging out with her? I don't want you hanging out with her. That level of control that they exert over you. And, and apparently that was present in their relationship when you talk to people who knew them. So women, if you're in a relationship and the man's checking your phone, checking your email, preventing you from seeing friends and family, get out now. Get out now, prevent domestic violence before it even happens. Uh, and I think, and as a prosecutor, I was very tough on them. I think there's nothing more cowardly than a man who hits a woman. I think that is bar none, uh, you know, men who hit, hit and abuse children, but men who hit and abuse women, you want to go pick a fight, you know, go pick a fight with a guy your size. And I guarantee 99.9% .9 of them won't. I, I deal with a lot of them and I've dealt with them as a, a prosecutor. Uh, domestic abusers are a bunch of pussies. They really are. They're a bunch of cowards. Uh, they exert their masculinity over physically weaker individuals, women, because that's just pure science. Um, these guys don't have the balls to step up to someone their own size. And uh, I think men, men, if you're abusing women, if you watch my show and you're beating your wife, your girlfriend, stop watching my show. I don't want your support. And women, if you're in that relationship where you see a company or God forbid you're being abused, get the hell out. They do not change. Hand to God, they do not change. They are who they are. All the therapy in the world, they're going to resort back to there. There's something fundamentally not right. And, um, and at the same time, look, I know there's a lot of false accusations, domestic violence too. I know it works both ways, but uh, it, it exists, unfortunately. It's a problem. And, uh, you know, women just run for the hills. Any man who hits you or abuses you is not worthy of your time. 100%. I mean, that, you, you know, get out of that relationship, seek help. Uh, I used to sit on the board of directors of a women's shelter. Um, you know, I've seen that, you know, working on there with chiefs of police from, you know, our surrounding area. Um, it, you know, there, is, there are people that will help you and you can get out of that situation. Um, and if you have children, especially think about what your children are witnessing. Uh, and eventually, a lot of times those situations, you know, you, right now you may be telling yourself, well, you know, he doesn't touch the children. I promise you, I've seen enough situations for me on that board of directors and helping so many women around, around our region. Um, they will eventually turn on the kids too. And so think about your children. Uh, you know, eventually this is going to get passed on down to them and then think about what it's doing to them from a psychological standpoint. Get yourself out of that situation. Get help. Find a women's shelter. Seek, uh, seek law enforcement. There's not an officer on the planet that's not going to listen to you and, and find a way to get you out of that situation. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, God bless and Thank you, Matt, for coming on and uh, joining me. And, and guys, thank you. Make sure y'all follow Matt Real Matt Couch on virtually every platform there is. And, and coming up soon, the Trump platform, Truth. I'll be there. You'll be there. Uh, both verified on Getter. So go follow us on Getter, Twitter, uh, whatever, whatever else is out there. We're out there. Thank you. And Matt, just before you go, tell everybody about this new thing you're doing every morning. You're streaming every morning. And it's a yeah. great program. I just thought, you know, I'm so busy and I know, you know, you as, as a practicing attorney, a dad, you get it. We're both, you know, we both have jobs, companies, 
so it's like, it's so hard to make time to do a show, right? And everyone wants it scheduled now. Everybody's got this schedule. For me, that doesn't work. So now I'm just firing it up every morning, going live on all my platforms between 9.30 and 10.30. I just fire it up and I throw invites out to all the guys who, guys and gals out there who I really respect, who fight for this country and, and, and fight for their families. And they can just pop in whenever they feel like it. If they're free, pop in. They got five minutes, 10 minutes or the whole hour, whatever we're on. And so far, it's taken off like crazy. We've had Eric's been on. We've had uh, Colonel Rob Manis. We've had Chase Geyser. We've had Jeff Dornick. We've had Gary Sheffield Jr. We've had just, you know, it's just been a, a plethora of folks. Uh, you know, Sean from Beardvet. We've had all these different people pop in. I know I'm leaving people out, uh, but there's just been so many people that have popped in. Um, and it's, it's, it's exciting. And, it, and it's a free-for-all. You know, there's no, it's not, it's just, it's just fun. We're just kind of shooting the bull. And uh, every morning around 930 or so, I fire it up and uh, come join us, grab a cup of coffee and just shoot the bull with all of us. Sounds like a plan. Well, you enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much for being a great friend and a, just a great American and doing what you do. And we will have you back very soon. Thanks, brother. Have a great weekend. man. You too. And that was Matt and Jason Miller. Jason Miller, uh, what, a, what a guy, man. He goes from the uh, Trump communications head to now he's the CEO of a tech company. And uh, Getter's great. I mean, look, I, I got into Parler for a while. I don't do it. I'll go on Gab every now and then. Getter is really is really coming along, and, there, and there's going to be a whole lot of features that they're going to roll out in the future. You're going to be able to stream. You're going to be able to do Getter Pay, where you know you as a, a content producer can actually charge for your content. And he's going he's gonna to turn it into something. And I also like that you have these competing platforms now that are going to push the big guys, the Facebook, the Instagram, and the Twitters uh, up a little bit, so they got to step up their game. With that being said, guys, we want to thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Saturday uh, yeah. or whatever day you're watching or listening. Please, again, if you're watching, share it, spread the message far and wide. If you're listening to it, you can, you can think of if you go on your, your phone or your device, you can always share a podcast. Share it with someone. Say, hey, check it out. If you enjoy it, check it out. Please give it a review, five stars, preferably. And uh, with that, Bob, any closing words? It's one, one hell of a week. Can't wait till... Uh... Trump's social media comes out. That's that was really big. Really can't, can't wait for it. Very excited. And, and as soon as it rolls out, I know it's not ready yet, but as soon as it rolls out, uh, I'd like to see everybody over there. And it's going to be great. And we're going to kind of get ready for the, the upcoming elections. I think it's, it's great to have President Trump back on social media, because as I was saying with Jason and Matt, you know, Donald Trump wasn't the first president to use social media, but he was the first president to perfect it. I mean, Biden has a Twitter account. Biden's got social media. His social media sucks. Nobody listens to it. You don't he's go online. He, well, he's, yeah, he's terrible. Uh, you see that CNN the other night? He no, was on CNN with uh, part of it. I can't Anderson watch Cooper. What, what, what was he doing with his hands? Why was he holding his hands like at his side like that? What was, what was that? And then, he, and then there's a picture of him with his arms down and his head. He looks like a wind-up toy that ran out. What, is, what the hell? I mean, we know what's wrong with him, but how, how long are they going to be able to hide that? Or do people just know and they don't care anymore? I don't know. People are brainwashed. Like my mother, when I said he has dementia, she's oh, you're just saying that. I'm like, really? No, I'm actually watching him and he's got dementia. It's pretty obvious. So it's the brainwashed people, but you can't get through to him. No, you can't. And he's only going to get worse. I mean, pe yeah. people his age with dementia, they don't improve. And I right. just, I think it's sad they keep parading him out there like that. Uh, but I'll tell you, you know, he's probably better than President Kamala Harris is going to be. Did you see how many people watched the CNN event? Like 300,000. That's, that's, we, you know, we could get more than that. That's nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Still... Oh, CNN's down. I mean, uh, Brian Stelter, 
he was down to like 90,000 in that, that key demographic. It's like the 18 to 34 year olds. Nobody watches him anymore. CNN's dying, man. Fox Good. News too. You hear Chris Wallace calling Jen Psaki the best press secretary he's ever seen. <laughs> yes. It's just, it's, um, I hate Fox now. They ruined it. They ruined everything. Fox News is not your friend. Watch Bob and Eric Save America instead. <laughs> Boom. Take care, guys. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. Keep America, you keep America, we'll keep America great.